Wake up, football fans. It's a Sunday morning encore, live from the UK. Take your seat. Only on NFL Network. Some of the brightest stars in the game are ready to light up London. Let's go! Giants. He throws it left and makes the catch. Packers. Rogers going deep. Touchdown! Wake up early and watch with the world. It's Sunday morning football. Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, only on NFL Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're live, but we got to let the stream breathe just for a second. Got to make sure Facebook is connected with us here. Bear with us one second. And we are good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up Podcast. Zach and I were flipped on the screen, but you guys are just going to have to deal with it tonight, okay? <laughs> Trigger warning. It throws everybody off. It's it's discombobulating, but uh, charge it to the game. And what a game it was tonight, Zach. The Denver Broncos come uh, come from behind, technically, in the first half, take the lead, then lose the lead, then come back. We're going to get into it, but welcome into the Huddle Up Podcast, gang, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him, you love him, my fellow football priest. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, they saw it through. They got her done. It looked like for a minute there they were going to blow this one, but the Broncos came back, Brett Rippon, despite stepping on his own, you know what, a few times in the second half, he got it done. Chad, I need a cigarette right now. <laughs> I'm exhausted. What a roller coaster. What an emotional affair. I mean, after three hours of that, for the first half, for the most part, it was like watching the AI play itself in Madden. It was so sloppy and so undisciplined and penalties and turnovers and consecutive interceptions. But uh, the Broncos showed their medal. A ribbon hung in there. Melvin Gordon finally earning that money, Chad. And the Broncos finally on the, in the win column, finally on the right side of the win column. And we, we thought it'd be a little easier. We didn't think it comes down to the fourth quarter, the last couple of plays, but a win is a win is a win, and I'm pretty happy right now. I tell you what, man, Sam Darnold, it looked like he was going to figure out a way to beat this team after Brett Rippon turned it over twice in the second half. By the way, Zach, Brett Rippon finished with, uh, let's see here, that's 12 incompletions. At a certain point, Zach, he had six incompletions and half of them were interceptions. So, you know, he uh, – Hopefully there's a lot for him to to not hopefully there's a lot for him to learn from in this game. And, you know, hopefully the the offensive coordinator, Pat Shermer, learned a thing or two as well, because I think for a second there, Shermer got a little too cute, a little too yes. comfortable thinking, oh, well, you know, because Rippon do, does show such presence and football acumen at the line of scrimmage and get rid of the ball quick. And Poise. Yes. But he, he might fool you for a second, but you got to remember this is his first career start. He's a second year former undrafted player, but nevertheless, Rippon deserves credit because he did battle back. He exactly. did not go into a complete shell after basically giving the game away. 
battled back that 31-yard completion to Tim Patrick in the clutch that put him in field position for that last field goal. Man, that was clutch. You saw more mental fortitude and and overcoming adversity from Brett Rippon in one game than you ever saw from Paxton Lynch. And you can argue to an extent Brock Osweiler. You would never know Brett Rippon went undrafted. You would never know this was his first career start. I thought he was incredible for the most part, Chad. And those interceptions that he threw... He has to make better throws. You have to have enough arm strength to at least reach the out-of-bounds sideline to get it, you know, away from harm's way. The coaching, that was my only real complaint. I thought Pat Shermer called his best game of the season, which is not saying much, but he was aggressive, taking shots down the field, uh, for the most part, keeping his, his uh, foot on the Broncos' throats. But when you have a young quarterback and he throws one pick, and he's a little jittery right now, you have to calm him down. You're paying a running back $8 million a year. You still have a former third-round pick, and it – after Gordon's injury, run the football more. So that was my only nitpick is why did he throw consecutively there? But like like Rippon, he was praised in the pre-draft process for his mental processing, for his headiness, for his intelligence, and also the intangibles. You can't teach these. He'll never have Drew Locke's arm. He'll never have Drew Locke's upside. But I think the Broncos finally found their long-term quarterback too, Chad. I cannot disagree. He proved a lot tonight. It wasn't perfect. But he sent a big signal up the chain of command there to John Elway. Hey, man, once you get Drew Locke back, there's no need to hold on to Jeff Driscoll. There's no need to hold on to Blake Bortles. He can be that guy. Now, maybe you do as an emergency because Drew's coming back from an, uh, an injury. But nevertheless, we can't wait to get to your comments, your questions, your super chats. They're coming in hot and heavy. We want to get into that first, though. Let's just get a couple of really quick matters of business out of the way, and then we will dive directly into – your comments, your questions, your super chats, and break this game down in full. Guys, tonight's live stream pod is brought to you by sportsbetting.com. Gambling is legal in the state of Colorado, and here is what makes sportsbetting.com the no-brainer destination for sports fans. You got sharp odds, low juice, hassle-free bonuses. You got 24-7 live customer support. It's always a real person in the United States. And here's the kicker, gang. Pay close attention here. At sportsbetting.com, you get a 100% risk-free week of sports betting up to 500 bucks. not just one bet, all of your bets. You can play for a week, and if your losses exceed your winnings at the end of the week, sportsbetting.com is going to cover 100% of the difference up to $500 with a one-time rollover. So you can roll that over one time. So head on over to sportsbetting.com slash milehighhuddle. That's sportsbetting.com slash milehighhuddle. And guys, capitalize on a risk-free week of sports betting up to 500 bucks. All right, Zach, one, uh, we'll go through this really quick. So I know we got to get to the, to this game, man. Follow the pod on Twitter at huddle up pod. Also at mile high huddle gang. You got to get those two accounts followed. If you're in a position, check out the merch store, get your swag on over at huddle up pod.com. Get a hat, get a t-shirt, get a mug, get a face mask. Another way to support what we're doing here. And then if you really love what Zach and I are doing, if, we're, if you think we're doing a good job, the best thing you can do is share this video out there. Subscribe, like, share it out there. Help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. And then last thing here, shout out in the ticker below here to our Facebook supporters. Our Facebook audience and community, Zach, continues to grow exponentially. We're at about 90,000 in our community on Facebook. And if you want to become an official supporter and you're one of the Facebook uh, members of that community, just go to facebook.com slash milehighhuddle, click the big blue button. It's hard to miss. It says become a, an official supporter. Boom, you're in the fold. It's another way to support what we are doing here. At MHH, bringing you this content daily on the audio 
video, podcast side, plus all the written content at milehighhuddle.com. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Broncos country, listen up. Coors Seltzer isn't your average seltzer. Rooted in Coors' long history of sustainability is a brand that was inspired by a generation that wants to do good in the world with a mission to restore America's rivers. Coors Seltzer is launching the world's easiest volunteer program. So whatever you're doing, by simply cracking open a can of Coors Seltzer, you're volunteering. Listen, gang, our waterways are at risk. 80% of America's rivers are drying up. Through a partnership with Change the Course, Coors Seltzer is helping to protect and restore America's rivers. Here's how it works. Each pack of Coors Seltzer restores 500 gallons of fresh water to U.S. rivers and the communities that depend on them. And the results? It'll blow your mind. One billion gallons of water restored to 16 river basins across the U.S. And that's just year one. And gang, there are four refreshing flavors, one cool cause. So enjoy naturally flavored black cherry, mango, lemon, lime, and grapefruit. And the specs are in. Coors Seltzer is 4.5% ABV, and it's only 90 calories. And Zach, let me tell you, I've got my eye on that black cherry. Yeah, there's nothing better, Chad. The, the weather's turning. It's getting cooler. It's football season. Nothing better than kicking back with a Coors. I like the mango personally, but they're all pretty good. Nothing better, Chad. Join the world's easiest volunteer program by simply drinking Coors Seltzer. You can become a volunteer and restore America's rivers. You buy Coors Seltzer. You help restore 500 gallons of water into America's rivers. It's that simple. So visit CoorsSeltzer.com to find a Coors Seltzer near you. That's CoorsSeltzer.com. For every 12-pack sold through 831-2021, Coors will purchase services from Change the Course to restore 500 gallons of fresh river water. Details at CoorsSeltzer.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Come. All right, Zach. Let's get to the first Super Chat of the night. Vi Agra, back in the house. We saw him last night. He's back with us. He says, his first takeaway here, Zach, Chubb is back. The Jets are playing so dirty, you almost wonder if Greg Williams put some bounties out. <laughs> that helmet to me hit on Fant pissed me off. Yeah. Bye, Gase. Yeah, finally, John Elway gets a modicum of revenge. Not so much revenge because it's, you know, it's it's Gase that was always out for revenge, but um, a modicum of sweet, I guess, football justice. I don't know what else you'd call it. It's kind of a one-up on Adam Gase. But, Zach, Chubb is most definitely back. Yeah. Three sacks tonight. 
Yeah, this was definitely uh, by far and away his best game of the year, but it was the most we've seen, obviously, of the 2018 version of Bradley Chubb. And you're getting the guy who was this close away from from the NFL rookie set single season sack record. He was going to be the torch recipient from Von Miller. He was going to be the next great Broncos pass rusher. And the ACL set him back. We were all worried about him in the summer when he had a little setback. But he is slowly but surely regaining his form. And I would not be surprised, Chad, if this performance kind of spread boards him at least confidently and mentally going forward. I would not be surprised if his best football is yet to come and it's going to come soon. The thing I like the most about Chubb is he was consistently getting pressure all game long. And then the kicker here is you want your premium pass rushers to impact the game in the clutch. And how often have the Broncos been able to protect a lead in the closing moments and Chubb can tee off and get after the quarterback. He was able to do that tonight after the Broncos got back on top with that field goal Got the much-needed sack on fourth down, turnover on downs. Just such a great euphoric rush and just a feeling of props for Bradley Chubb, who Zach has just battled back through so much adversity. Very happy for him. And it seemed like the entire Broncos defense was fired up tonight. A.J. Johnson, even Josie Jewell is out there making plays. And I think they feed off Chubb's energy. With Von Miller out of the picture, Chubb is the, I guess you could say he's the senior most linebacker. He's obviously the most talented. He's the hes the guy there. And I think the rest of the Broncos defense, now that Chubb is feeling like Chubb, is feeding off that. Shout out to Richard Beisenkoder across the pond in Europe. If I'm not mistaken, he's in Germany. Staying up late, got up at 2 a.m. for this win. So he stayed up. He got up early, I guess we should say, and is getting very little shut-eye to uh, be here for the team. Hashtag sleepless state of being. Love it, Richard. Good to see you, my friend. And I'm just stoked that you got a win for your efforts, my friend. Congrats on that. Enjoy tonight. John, the chat stream has jumped everybody. The next guy I have is Mr. Castillo, and so thank you for being on top of it. Zeus McPeak in the house showing some love. Really appreciate you, Stu. So consistent. Zeus. He's up there. MHH Mount Rushmore, the first face, uh, the first, uh, you know, etched face up there on the on Mount MHH. Love you, buddy. He says, a win is a win. We'll take it. Coaching, though, Zach, he says, was still horrible. You know, I, I wouldn't say it was great. I wouldn't say it was horrible, though. And I've been pretty hard on the coaching staff, Chad. I mean, you can't really nitpick too much after a win. It was the Jets, but it was a victory. I thought Fangio blitzed a lot more. Finally, finally, finally. It's amazing what comes with pressure, Chad. It's production. You get sacks. Good things happen. I thought Shermer, for the most part, called a decent game. His best coaching effort this season so far. I wouldn't say it was it was horrible. Far from perfect, but I think it was an improvement on what we've seen. Agreed. All right, let's see what else we've got here in the chat. Andrew Morrow is right in that euphoric wave. Appreciate the super chat, my friend. He says, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. <laughs> Obviously, he's, he's got it. a little tongue-in-cheek tongue in there, but it's you just never encouraging. Know. I, you know, it's true. You never know. It, it, I would say crazier things have happened, but I don't know that an 0-3 team ever went to the Super Bowl. I'd have to look at some pro football reference uh, historical distinctions for that. Kevin Smith in the house. Been a while since we've seen you in the chat, in the live chat, Kevin. I know you listen to every pod. Love your movies too. Yes. Rocking the football (laughs) priest hat. You're a, you're a boss, my friend. Appreciate you. Um, Let's see here as we continue to mow through. um, John, do you have Mundungus, Spartan, Josh, and Chris, if you have them. And and we'll, we'll keep talking here. Zach, a couple things I want to touch on as far as statistical takeaways, statistical observations. 
Melvin Gordon got over 100 yards. So his first 100-yard game officially as a Bronco found the end zone twice. Of course, that one goal line to, you know, took him twice to get in. He got in on the second try on the goal line in the first half. And then that awesome play that basically was the cherry on top for the Broncos when, the Bron- when, when Brett Rippon went into trying to run victory formation. But they had, you know, the Jets had three timeouts left, so they needed to pick up one new set of downs. Gordon gets bottled up inside, breaks it out. Rippon sees the opportunity, runs out, gets out in front, lays a block that throws the, the Jets' DB off, gives Gordon the, the room he needs to get around and score, finishes with 107 yards on 23 attempts, two touchdowns. He did drop an easy pass in the breadbasket, but it was a good game. They needed that consistent threat tonight on the road for the young quarterback making his first start. Philip Lindsay would have caught that pass. <laughs> well, wait, what was the yards per carry, Chad? I don't math at all. So. Um, I don't either, but it's over uh, four. Is it over so, four? Okay, yeah, it yeah. was a good performance. And, you know, I see some comments uh, in, in the stream saying I have to eat some crow on Melvin Gordon. I have consistently through the first three weeks. And I will say he wasn't, you know, Barry Sanders tonight. He didn't blow me away, but he was good. And I think he earned his salary tonight. And like you said, Chad, they need more of that. They need more of the running game. And you talk about um, Rippon's headiness and what he can bring to the table to get out and, and, and spring that block. What more could you ask for? We got Spartan2492 jumping in on Super Chat. Really appreciate your generosity, my friend. That's two nights in a row. Much love to you. He says, comparison, Sam Darnold versus Brett Rippon, a first-rounder, couldn't make a touchdown where Rippon, undrafted, made two uh, passing touchdowns. Rippon did well for his first start. I mean, I thought Darnold – look, Darnold, in in his defense, is playing on the most inept coach team in the league, aside from Greg Williams. Greg Williams is, I think, one of the best defensive coaches in the league. He plays it – you know, a little bit dirty sometimes. We all know his history with Bounty um, <laughs> Gate and whatnot. But nevertheless, offensively, Darnold has no weapons. Brett Rippon, I mean, yes, former undrafted guy making his first career start. Look at who he had, though. For the first half, anyway, he had no offense. Tim Patrick had a night. Your boy, Zach, Tim Patrick, getting after it, even got a touchdown. Who's Jerry not a Jack? Got in on the action. KJ Hamler's got that hamstring going on, which is unfortunate, but – and then Deshaun Hamilton plus Melvin Gordon, the supporting cast is there. So definitely, though, your context, Spartan, you're, you're juxt, you know, juxtaposing those two together. It just makes the triumph all the sweeter that Rippon was able to triumph over Darnold in such a scenario. Yeah, you didn't see Rippon sacking himself, falling over his feet on the turf like Darnold. I, I, again, I thought Rippon handled himself very well. And yes, Darnold had a worse supporting cast. He's on his like seventh string wide receiver. But look at Rippon in his first start, a former undrafted free agent. He has Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick's top receivers. No Cortland Sutton, no KJ Hamler, no offense got banged up. He hung in there. He overcame adversity and he helped the Broncos get a win. So I, I thought it was a very good game in his first start by Brett Rippon. We got an extremely generous super chat from Bobby. Bobby. We call her the uh, princess of Mile High Huddle. Really appreciate that generosity. And we just love seeing the the happy faces. It's not the crushing disappointment. Broncos found a way to win. You know, it's the Jets, but it was a tough game on the road on a short week. There were a lot of excuses, Zach, for the Broncos to lose this game, but they didn't. Bobby says, this is for the win. Good night. Go Broncos. She's probably got a... She's probably got to work in the morning. So thank you, Bobby. I don't care that it's the Jets. A win is a win is a win, Chad. And you think any, if the Chiefs beat the Jets, you think the Chiefs would apologize about beating the Jets? No. This is the NFL. They were on the road. It was a short week. And the Broncos wasn't pretty, but they deserve credit for getting a victory. Yep. Mundungus jumping in. The Broncos wizard. Everyone knows him. Appreciate you, my friend. Bonafide superstar in our community. He says, way to go, DeMar Dotson. Screw you, James. And your lack of dot, dot, dot. 
passion. You thought I was uh, going to uh, say hair, uh, didn't you? And then let me see if I cut him off. Yeah, that's it. So indeed, my friend, Zach, we talked about this during the halftime stream. Dotson continued to play well in the second half. You know, there was a couple of reps where he kind of got pushed back a little. And, oh. you know, there was the one, there was the, I think it was the first interception in the second half where he kind of got pushed into ripping a little bit. You could maybe argue his pressure helped lead to that pick. But compared to the sieve and the, the revolving door that Wilkinson was these past three weeks, man, what an upgrade. Why did it take the Broncos so long to figure that one out? It's almost like Demar Dotson's a right tackle and not a guard masquerading a tackle. I, he was—I I didn't count any sacks. I maybe, maybe one pressure, Chad. But you know, for a guy making his first start, you know, with a new team in a, a kind of a bad offense, I thought Dotson was a revelation. And it's amazing what happens when you fix the protection. And everyone wants to tank for Trevor, but like I said in the last podcast, I believe you can win with a Brett Rippin. You can definitely win with a Drew Locke as long as you keep them upright you fix the protection you fix the broncos offense and it's no coincidence they have win number one now this is the overtime podcast network find your next truck at woodhouse buick gmc no matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling there's a premium and capable gmc truck that's perfect for you make a statement on the job site out in the town or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500 or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative Canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. We got Josh Johnson jumping in. Uh, with a $5 super. Really appreciate Thank it, my you. friend. He says, Mike Purcell, A.J. Johnson, Bosby, Dotson, just the obvious ones. Vic Fangio has an ego problem, and it shows. But, hey, a win is a win. Rippin will learn. Let's talk about Bosby because, in, again, in the halftime stream, we were given props for him getting that pass breakup on the Jets' final possession of the first half. And then in the clutch in the fourth quarter, he has a couple – Possible picks. I, I would say maybe the second one kind of went through his hands, but he had a shot at two picks. Nevertheless, three key pass breakups. Another example of getting back to his ego problem here that Josh was talking about. Why is it taking the Broncos so long when they're down so many key players? You need the dogs that you do have. You got to get them on the field. Why did it take so long? I don't even care about the the interception would have been nice. I'm just glad he broke up the pass. And that's more Ocean Moody you could say. That's more than Bryce Callahan could say it sometimes. I thought Bosby proved in this game, Chad, he is the cornerback one until Boye's back in the building. And you can make an argument he's right up there with Boye in terms of his fit in this defense, Chad. It is stubborn. There's no other word for it. It was the same thing as last year with A.J. Johnson and Mike Purcell. It took Fangio losses and weeks and weeks and weeks to get the best players in the defense. I don't know what's taking so long with Bosby, and it's funny. You know, Dawson was on the bench. Bosby was on the practice squad. Brett Rippon was on the practice squad. It makes you wonder what the Broncos are seeing in practice, what the Broncos are doing with the roster management, because the best players to this point and before tonight haven't been playing. Chris Hernandez jumping in with a very symbolic and generous super chat. Appreciate that, my friend. 
another marvel that the Broncos deserve a hat tip is none of us in the Mile High Roundtable on Friday – well, I was going to say Friday – on Wednesday predicted the Broncos getting over 30 points, but they not only did, they got to 37, and it took kind of a comedy of weird events toward the end of the game to get over the hump. But, Zach, the fact that you go on the road on a short week and win, granted you're beating one of the worst teams in the league, but you're doing it with a second-year former undrafted quarterback and the third starter you've had to push out there this year – and to add to that, the fact that you're able to get 37 points on the board, none of those were from the defense, right? The Broncos did not take the ball away. Right. They did get a couple of turnover on downs, but they did not take the ball away. That's a credit to Brett Rippon, and I guess you got to give a, a little tip of the cap as well to Pat Shermer. Although it wasn't perfect, he found a way, fed the playmakers. What a night. And also, you're playing a team like a wounded animal, Chad, who has nothing to lose. I mean, Gase is coaching for his job. The Jets are coaching, I guess, for their season. There's a lot of animosity going on in New York in that locker room. So this, why you saw Greg Williams being dirty, why you saw people going after Rippon's legs and Noah Fant's legs, they had nothing to lose the Jets. And the, and the Broncos came in there in a short week and beat them. They beat them straight up. Like you said, it wasn't from special teams or defense, any flukes. You can argue the Judy touchdown, Chad. It was still a Moss-type play by Jerry Judy. He still made the play. So the Broncos went in there and beat the Jets. Yes, it is the Jets, but for a season like this, whether they've lost half their team to injury, this is how it builds. This is how it starts. I am not going to apologize for any victory, including this one. Heck no. And like you said, Judy did make the play. Wasn't a great throw by Rippon, but a Bronco made the play. (laughs) It was enough. Turned nothing into something and then some. Jose jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, first of all, why has Bosby been left off the active roster until now? Second, Justin Simmons isn't playing well at all. No. My friend, we still don't have an answer for you on Simmons. I think at this stage you have to worry a little bit that last year was a flash in the pan because – what he's looking like this year is the Justin Simmons of the previous two years as a full-time starter, and that is solid, but too often is out of position in key moments and you know lives up to that almost reputation, Justin almost Simmons. So it, right now it's looking like the Broncos made the right decision not to pay him, but it's yes. too early to say that definitively. Let's see if he can continue to rebound. Although, again, that first drive from the Jets where Donald ripped for 46 yards on the ground – the fact that you missed that tackle and you're Justin Simmons, you're a second-team All-Pro, I mean, it's egregious. It's embarrassing. I mean, he wasn't even almost on that play. He was nothing at all. And uh, he would have to, from from this point forward, Chad, 12 more games, to justify the contract he wants, he would have to have just a tremendous season, an All-Pro type season. And based on what we've seen from Simmons, it's not going to happen. He really regressed to the mean this year. He's way more on the below side of a potential Pro Bowler than a, in a you know persistent annual All-Pro type talent. I love this from Kenneth because I was thinking the same thing. Appreciate the super chat, bro. He says, was Chris Hogan on shrooms? His eyes were tripping me out. He, he got yeah. him from Adam Gase. <laughs> yeah, there's something <laughs> in the water, I guess, at the Jets facility. Who knows? Yeah. Good observation, though, my friend. Uh, let's grab Mr. Castillo jumping in. Appreciate you, dog. Thank you. He says, Gase should get fired for those stupid timeouts at the end of the game. His own players were like, come on, coach. Rippin is the next Kubiak. Hey, man, he might be. Um, and it's looking like because Rippon was a Scangarello guy. Rippon was Scangarello wanted Rippon in the seventh round last year. Broncos ended up off the top of my head. I don't even remember now who they drafted in the seventh. Oh, they traded it to move up and get Juwan Winfrey. Right. But nevertheless, they were able to sign him. But the only reason they were able to sign him, Zach, is they had to promise him the farm over a hundred thousand dollar guarantee to a college free agent, never been seen before in Broncos history. And now it's looking like it was an extremely wise decision. So 
tip your cap to Rich Gangarella, who is no longer with the Broncos, but a decision and a scouting job that he That's did good. finding good Brett Rippon paid dividends in 2020. Good call. And you know what? I would pay $100,000 per win, Chad. I would straight up pay that. You know, what would it be? $1.6 million for 16 oh, yeah. games? Yeah. That's Pocket nothing. Change. Nope. That is nothing in this game, right? Uh, Tanner jumping in. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Brett is good under pressure. He's decent without pressure. The issue is the instantaneous pressure. How in the world is Glasgow this bad lately? I know he really has struggled. And we talked about this at the in the uh, halftime stream, Zach. That brutal. The guards weren't impressive early, but Reisner bounced back. Just upon first viewing, Reisner appeared to bounce back in the second half. But Glasgow, a couple of times, man, he was he he's one of those two interceptions. I think it was the second one. I mean, Rippon shouldn't have made that throw, but the pressure came right up yeah. the gut from Glasgow. And you know, there's a couple of guys on that Jets front that are pretty hard to handle. They're pretty tough assignments, Zach. But yeah. still, this guy's making eleven million a year. Unfortunately, the early returns aren't good, but you know, hopefully with some continued stability, competency at quarterback, he can start building back up ahead of steam. Yeah, we all know Troy Aikman's no Mensa recipient, but even he pointed out that it's it's tough to have time when your right guard is getting shoved into your lap. So there was a bit of culpability on Gla- Glasgow's part for that pick, and he's been mostly brutal the last two weeks. Reisner, I still have faith in he, like you mentioned, he kind of settled down today, but they might have a problem now at right guard. It's like that carousel. They had, they fixed the right tackle. Now it's right guard. I just wish the, cons- the line would be consistent, all five players. I'll have to see what they would do behind that scenario. By the way, guys, <clears throat> if while we're live you see anything definitive on a report on Noah Fant, we'll keep an eye out for it, but let us know. Uh, Kenneth jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend, to say, and this is true, that was the Thank most interesting 0-3 matchup ever. Yeah, because usually, Zach, Thursday night games fall flat, right? They're They're either blowouts or just – Two teams sucking it up, and one of them just finds a way to win at the end. This was an extremely entertaining game. And for Broncos fans who are on pins and needles because it's been 0-3 to start, it was kind of agonizing, especially the way it unfolded. But, man, the payoff was insane. And it seems like the Broncos have just good mojo with Thursday night games. Remember that uh, Cardinals game a couple of years? They just blew out the Cardinals on the road. I mean, uh, they just like playing under the Thursday night lights. And I wish all the games could be on Thursday night in that scenario. One of our Facebook supporters and also a Super Chat superstar, Steve Griffith, jumping in this time on Facebook. He's rocking the Let Him Hate t-shirt. Love it, buddy. And Steve's going to be on the show here in the very near future. We'll get that booked here very, very soon, Steve. I'll be reaching out to you. He says, I'd love to hear Fangio's comments about the end of game rush off the field without the coach handshake exchange. Zach, last I checked, they're not supposed to do the post-game handshake. Right, right, Um, right. So I wouldn't read too much into that, Steve. Right. That was actually a, a brand new mandate. I think the NFL rolled out uh, more, I would say, intense uh, virus mitigation techniques. And like you mentioned, Chad, I think not shaking hands is one uh, one of the new uh, rules. They Jordan have. Johnson, longtime listener, bona fide super chat superstar, rocking the football priest hat like a boss. Love it, buddy. Thank and you, by the way, hope your uh, family's doing well. Good to see you. He says, how about Gordon? I knew he had something to prove after the Chargers decided not to pay him. Let's talk just a little bit about that because Zach and I, look, we've said it now a few times on the show that, you know, in our own way, we have to eat a little bit of crow just because he's done He's okay. done well, right? He's kind of saved the day. But you got to remember, guys, we never clowned on Gordon, the player. We just didn't like the contract right. and the implications for, for Lindsey. But up to this point, because Lindsey's been hurt, the implications on Lindsay and his contract 
really don't matter because he's not on the field and the Broncos need production and Gordon's providing it. So that's looking like up to this point, a quarter of the season in, that was a prescient pickup by Elway. I still, I don't, I still would balk at paying him eight mil a year. I think he's like a five or six mil a year type running back, but he definitely earned some coin tonight. And if he runs like that, Chad, the Broncos are going to win way more games than people thought before tonight. Yeah, especially if, if Ripping can learn not to press the way he did. I mean, you just got to be smarter with those reads when you're under pressure, man. And just a few things. The the throwaway that wasn't a throwaway, it turned out to be a pick. Um, the I mean, he almost cost – thankfully, Brandon McManus was on the money tonight. But <laughs> Earning his money, that, too. T- yes, indeed. Making that – or justifying that money he got. Um, but that that intentional grounding, I mean, there was no receiver anywhere close. And that – Put the Broncos 10 yards back, turned a 43-yard attempt into a 53. McManus nailed it. The rest is history. Mr. Boggins jumping in again. Appreciate you, dog. Thank you. Weird, weird ending. Fangio telling players to go straight to the locker room was weird. Gase, bad blood. Side note, super proud of these boys. You know, we were getting ready to set up for the stream, so we might have missed some of that weirdness. But um, just keep in mind, they're not supposed to exchange at midfield like they would traditionally because of the – word that shall go unmentioned rules. Yeah, we were just uh, starting our pod when the game was ending. And based on what I've seen in the comments that uh, toward the end, the, the Jets were calling timeouts, kind of dragging the game out. And Vic Fangio was kind of heated about the Greg Williams apparent shots at their own players. So I wouldn't be surprised if there is some bad blood. Gase hates the Broncos and it's the feeling is definitely mutual. But like Chad said, they can't shake hands anymore. So I wouldn't read too much into that. Carlos Olivia jumping in. Oliva, excuse me, jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you, Carlos. And by the way, if you're one of our newer Super Chat superstars, make sure you reach out and connect with Zach and I on social media, on Twitter especially, so we can shout you out after this stream. He says, we got the dub, Chubb Super Chingon. Amen, dude. Chubb looked, and just it's just so good for him to get that uh, hat, that, that the trio of sacks, because Zach, is that the second or third time in his young career that he's able to get three sacks in one game? I mean, that ain't easy to do. I know it happened his rookie year in, in that impressive stretch, uh, it, but it's it's encouraging coming off the ACL with no offseason and a weird, no preseason, weird training methods. You know, he was kind of had a setback in the summer, and he th- first three games, week one wasn't that great, week two a little better, still tentative, week three we saw a little more explosion, and week four three sacks. And going forward, we might see a double-digit sack campaign from Bradley Chubb, which is so encouraging for the Broncos' yeah. futures. Especially with Vaughn being out. By the way, Chris Hernandez letting us know that Adam Schefter is reporting that injury to Fant is minor. So let's all keep our fingers crossed on that because there was a couple of players earlier this year they thought it was minor as well till they got him back and MRI'd him, and then it was a different story. Eclipse Stormborn jumping in, rocking the football priest hat in Philadelphia, staying up late on East Coast time. Appreciate you, my friend. He Thank says, you. happy Thursday, Priest and Broncos family. Peace and love. Love it, dude. Thank you. It's good to see you, Troy. And uh, it's just great, too, Zach. I mean, we're seeing a lot of people staying up for for us and with us to talk about this game. I mean, this the wins have come few and far between these last few years, man. So when they do come, you got to soak up that ambiance. you got to yes. let it kind of roll over you, and that's what we're, part of what we do here in these gut reactions. Glenn Hauser jumping in. Who are we supposed to tank for now? I'm, I'm tanking for nachos and veggies. Hashtag MHH. Hashtag the stream tonight is wildfire. Appreciate the super chat, Glenn. 
It's amazing. We and we said this exact thing, Chad, before the game. If the Broncos beat the Jets, it's gonna be, you know, Trevor Lawrence too, and Brett Rippon's the future, and wait till Locke gets back. It is nice though to have the good vibes in the room tonight. Like you mentioned, three weeks in a row, lose after such a hype season, all the injuries, all uh, the weird virus and the pandemic, and finally on a primetime game, as crazy as it was for the Broncos to get a win. I'm just so happy for Broncos country and the vibes that we're getting, Chad. It's just a it's a much better atmosphere. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. It's just great to see a young team that is beleaguered and just back against the wall find ways to win. I mean, this was an ugly win. The Broncos won ugly. They got 37 points on the board, didn't take the ball away, threw three interceptions. One of them was to the house, and they still found a way to win. And so they deserve a ton of credit, and fans at this point deserve to soak it up and really enjoy it, Zach. Yeah, I thought they were going to, you know, go like this after that first Darnold scrambling touchdown. I thought they were going to just wave the white flag and go back to Denver. But credit to them, credit to Fangio, credit to the coaching staff. You hung in there and you you got a dub. All right, Justin, jumping in. Really appreciate your super chat, my brother. He and I said, agree with this. Deshaun uh, Hamilton really disappointed me on that missed catch, talking about the deep one. That was a lack of effort, plain and simple. I assume that's what he's talking about because it did seem to be to be that – if he would have put a little bit more juice on that route in terms of alacrity, that was a touchdown, and it, we're talking about a completely different complexion in the game late. And it's not the first time he's done that. So you have to wonder now, where is his head? It, you think in a re, an offense where he has to separate himself and he has a wide-open opportunity to have the game-winning reception and he slows down. I don't like seeing that lack of effort. I want guys who are hungry. And this is why I don't understand anyone in Broncos country who doesn't like Tim Patrick. This is a big physical receiver with sure hands, and he fights for every single inch on the field. I wish the Broncos had 10 more Tim Patricks and zero more Deshaun Hamiltons. <laughs> Uh, Drew H. Buy some swag jumping in. Oh, <laughs> Drew that. Holland back here with the Plug new HuddleUpPod.com. Very generous super chat. Appreciate you, my dog, Thanks. helping us uh, market the merch store. He says, a few points. Bortles and Driscoll can kick rocks. Rippon is QB2 for the foreseeable future. So refreshing to have a right tackle. 
Yes. Chubb looked good. A win's a win. But this game should not have been nearly this close <laughs> coaching. Good point, man. Good point. It didn't need to be this close. They got up by two scores late in the game and then squandered the lead. It is refreshing to have a right tackle because it wasn't just Juwan James. It wasn't just Wilkinson. I mean, you're talking again historically, uh, Donald Stevenson, Menelik Watson, to an extent, Jared Valdir. Maybe the Broncos found something in Dotson. Maybe he's fighting for a new contract. Maybe he can get a multi-year deal. But from what I saw tonight, Chad, that was arguably the best right tackle performance in that scenario I've seen since covering the Broncos. And, and again, it's recency bias compared to Wilkinson, but he was impressive, Dotson, tonight. He really was. All right, let's grab this one here. The chat, the chat stream is so hot and heavy that it jumped your super, Jess, but we're pulling it from the analytics side and putting it on the screen. So we're going to have to do that a lot tonight because it's jumping so so much passion in the stream that it's just the way it is tonight. Um, appreciate, uh, appreciate you, Jess. He says, that was rough. Please, Locke and Lindsay, be back next week. Zach, it sounds like you know Broncos are going to get 10 days off between now and week five at New England. You're probably going to get – Lindsay Beck. Locke, what do you think, dude? I mean, no, there's not been a lot of buzz. There's not been a lot of insight uh, from the usual suspect insiders in terms of the Clisses of the world. Do you think there's a chance you see Drew in week five or are you still looking at week six as probably the best case? I think so. I think Rippin inspired the Broncos enough to roll with him for another week. And they have a mini bye week now, but he he played well tonight. I, I wouldn't say it's well enough to beat the Patriots. They'd make him pay off those off those interceptions. But if they would have lost, I think they might have pushed Locke a little harder. I think they can give him one more game of rest, make sure that shoulder's 100%. And you get Philip Lindsay back. You might get A.J. Boye back. Again, if you can play for the most part like you played tonight, the running game, if Ribbon can make those throws, Judy can moss some people in coverage, you can beat New England. It's not out of the realm of possibility, Chad, without your luck. We got Josh Allstrom jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend, a superstar. He says, that was a Miller-esque close from Chubb. You got to love that closing instinct, man. The premier edge rushers, when the chips are down, they find a way to impact the game. And there's his actual super chat. And you saw, I mean, Von Miller built his legend around those type of plays in key moments. So, yes, more than encouraging that you got to see that from Chubb. And, you know, we knew going in that Mekhi Becton, the rookie left tackle, that he was banged up and that that was a good opportunity. Good teams exploit their their opportunities. Good teams exploit those situations. Chubb found a way to do that tonight. He deserves credit. Yeah, he it wasn't covered sacks. He didn't like back into or luck in, into any sacks. He was beating his man one on one, and that closing speed. It was that's a great comment. It was very Von Miller like, and that's what Chubb brings to the table. And if they can get him back to hundred percent, that twenty eighteen Bradley Chubb, look out. Even without Von Miller, John, do you have Lars? If not, I can grab it here. But uh, let me grab this one from Colton Ensley jumping in. Thank you, Colton. He says, I think the Broncos were gritty tonight, and I think Fangio showed some coaching prowess with his depleted roster. Y'all's thoughts? Hashtag football priest. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't perfect, but you do have to credit Vic Fangio for finding a way on a short week with that depleted roster, getting behind, then getting the lead, then losing the lead, then coming back and winning by a couple of scores. He deserves some credit. He does, but you can play devil's advocate and say, what if the Jets weren't so undisciplined? What if, you know, Jerry Judy didn't make that catch? What if certain things didn't break a certain way? If they lost, we'd all be calling for Vic Fangio's head. And some of us were after that first Darnold touchdown. I'll give him credit for holding the team together and not folding up shop after that Darnold score, keeping the Broncos competitive, calling up more blitzes, Chad, keeping the pressure on Sam Darnold. You got to give the coaching staff credit. I have to be fair. It was the best they've looked this season. It's not perfect. It has to be better, but at least it was encouraging based on what we've seen. 
We got Lars jumping in. Appreciate you, my brother. Where is the CHF currency from? I'm wondering here, but if, let me know, Lars. I'm curious. Thank you, Lord, for BMAC, Brandon McManus. Let's pray that Fant is okay. So it seems like it's a it's a minor injury for Fant, and thank goodness, Zach, they get a mini buy here, so you should have Fant back in the saddle, yeah. barring some freak thing they discover when they're back in Denver uh, for, for week five. Doesn't it seem like, though, every time he gets tackled, it's, he's slow getting up? It seems like he's injured on every tackle attempt, but yeah, it, it's a minor injury. He'll be in the starting lineup, and uh, fortunately, considering this year, it wasn't worse. <laughs> All right, let's grab Cody. Potter is in the house. John, if I need to get him on screen, I can here. Um, I'll get him on, and then if you can replace, you can. Appreciate you, Cody. He says, even though Rippon did everything he could to give up the win in the fourth quarter, not bad for an undrafted practice squad quarterback besting a first-round pick. Mile-high salute to you and to you as well, my friend. Great observation. This was something we talked about earlier comparing a first rounder that's basically being ruined and squandered by Adam Gase to a guy like Brett Rippon, who's continuing to punch above his weight class. If you would have sat me down and showed me both quarterbacks and I knew nothing about them, I would think Rippon is the first round talent. And I would think Sam Darnold is a drafted free agent. I, I think Rippon was that impressive tonight. Yes. The interceptions are no good. Yes. You know, his arm strength isn't great, but again, his, his poise and his, his composure in the pocket is so impressive. It's befitting like a 10 year quarterback. He looks nothing like a former undrafted free agent in his first NFL start. So very, very impressive. Brett smitten by ripping. All right. We got Jeff C superstar jumping in. Appreciate you, Jeff. He says, I hope we hit Judy more sad for Hamler. Yeah. We don't know the severity yet, or at least I'm not aware, Zach, Zach, of the Hamler hamstring. I mean, it's the same hamstring you got to assume that has been bothering him for the better part of two months now. But yeah, Jerry Judy went up, mossed Pierre Desser. Pierre Desser got his revenge on on Brett Rippon later on in the game with that pick six, but he got a couple of picks tonight, in fact, did Desser. But Jerry Judy, man, he turned what could have been a really bad situation for Denver into pay dirt. You know he was focused on that catch after dropping passes the first couple of weeks. You know he was not letting that ball either hit the ground or you know fall into the defender's hands, Pierre Desir's hands. A great play by him. He's not really known for the Cortland Sutton-type catches, but it can give him confidence going forward. In terms of Hamler, this is what I was worried about. These hamstring injuries, first of all, they're reoccurring. They're so hard to rehab. But I hope he's not that Deshaun Jackson type, the speech to receiver who can be productive when he's on the field. The problem is he's never on the field. So hopefully it's not a long-term issue for KJ. We got Zach Lee Butler jumping in. Appreciate the super chat, my brother. Thank you, Zach. Great Says, name. What is with Fangio running off with no shake? Also tell Pat Scangarello, Pat Scangarello to stop his bull stuff play calling to start. I'm sick of D2 college screens that don't work. Yeah, that screen to Royce Freeman in the first half that was just bottled up quick. First of all, you don't have a quarterback with the arm strength to zip it in there. Second of all, if you're going to throw the bubble screen, why are you throwing it to Royce Freeman of all players, Zach? That's, that's, I hate to say these three words, but I think you all know where I'm going with this. Coaching, coaching, coaching. It's Shermer is still, like, I, I agree with the comment. His game script sometimes, he gets too cute. He looks a lot like Skingarolo with his play calling. The, the empty sets, the, the three wide on third and short. Um, but he actually was aggressive tonight, took shots down the field. I can't hate on Shermer that much. No. Adam jumping in. Thank you, Adam. He says, wow, a win is a win. Still saw some things I liked from young players but it wasn't pretty. But that's why you got to be somewhat encouraged by this win because, you know, I don't want to – it's, it's too early for me to say a good team here. But good teams, all right, with a solid constitution and metal, M-E-T-T-L-E, 
find a way to win. They win ugly, and that's what the Broncos did tonight. Would you rather lose pretty or win ugly? I'm going with the latter. No question. Exactly. All right, let's grab uh, Michael Caps jumping in as well. Thank you for the super Thank chat, you. Michael. He says, what's the point of those timeouts? Shake my head. Yeah, I mean, it's just posturing. In the NFL, it's what you do. If you're down even a couple of scores late, you use the timeouts because it's got to appear from the outside looking in. Optics have to suggest you did everything you could. It's Adam Gase being a D-bag is what that yeah. is. Bottom line. But you know what? I mean, it didn't surprise me. I, w- I would expect oh. probably – most coaches to do that just because you have to be able to stand up there and say, yeah, you know, I used every possible tactic I could to stall. It's a very um, Adam Gase-like tactic. Chris Valdez jumping in. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. You have to wonder what the difference would be if old Lindsay would have been in the game, though. A win is a win. Let him hate indeed, my friend. And the good news is, you know, obviously we all know what Lindsay can do from a playmaking perspective, Zach, but getting back his wow. – energy and his leadership and that spark, that emotion he brings, that's going to help because, I mean, these guys are down. You don't have the spark from Sutton. You lost Drew Locke and that swag. And no fan goes down. You need Lindsay in there to stir things up. And by the way, Christy jumping in with an extremely generous super, Amazing. symbolic as she is wont to do. 78 you, for DeMar Dotson. And she <laughs> said, Dotson made a difference. Thank you, Christy. Much love to you. You can argue he was the difference in this game. You can argue he was the reason the Broncos won because there's that domino effect. They kept ripping upright, ripping made the throws, ripping put points on the board, and the Broncos won by a short margin. So, Indeed. Jason jumping in. Thank you, Jason Ingles, uh, for the Super Chat. He says, I've been enjoying your stream for some time. Decided to help contribute. Thank it, you, It Jason. means everything. It yeah. really does. It means everything to us. So thank you, Jason. Needed a win, and we got one. The injuries are just brutal. The team showed grit, though. Proud of them. Keep up the great work, guys. That's very, uh, very sweet, my friend. Really appreciate that. And, you know, it's, uh, it's the, the team did show some true grit here, talking about Rooster Cogburn. They showed some Rooster Cogburn tonight, for those of you who know exactly what I'm talking about. And we wondered if they had that, Chad, after that first, like after the first three losses, after that Darnold touchdown, you wonder if they have that want to, that, that intestinal fortitude. And the Broncos are still kicking. Not maybe not kicking and screaming, but definitely still kicking. All right, we've got one here from Christopher, and then I got a couple, John. I'm going to insert that are backed up. We don't want to neglect any of our superstars. For a second there, I looked at the activity on YouTube, and I was like, "Geez, this might be the first night we're not able to get to every superstar, but we'll muscle through it because we love you guys." Chris jumping in. Thank you, Christopher. Thank you. Ojemudia didn't pi nothing. The field goal, Joe Jones penalty, yes, was so rigged. That was ticky tack. That was BS. Because uh, that was a missed field goal, and then they gave him the possession back because of uh, unnecessary roughness. And you got the broadcast saying, "Oh, he was a defenseless player." But even they, they're like, "What did he do there?" Like, yeah. What was the point? Patrick was awesome. Three excellent observations, Chris, from the game, and yeah, that OJ Ojemudia uh, PI agree on all three fronts. I still think that Bosby should be playing well over Ojemudia. I think all the snaps that, for the most part, Ojemudia is getting should go to Bosby. I think he earned that tonight. All right, let's grab Shulier jumping in. Thank you, my friend. Thank he you. says, my new Chris Harris this year is Justin Simmons. That was the worst <laughs> tackling I've ever seen. I don't care if he didn't get paid. The kid has to play. Yeah, no excuses, man. Like, we were all mystified because Simmons has been obviously not in a groove. He did have a bounce-back game in week two against Pittsburgh. Week one, week three, and now week four, though. I mean, he was part of the problem. You're not supposed to say that about your franchise tag players, Zach. 
Yeah, at least Simmons didn't turn around and blame Kareem Jackson, though, for the Darnold score. I mean, Chris Harris Jr., it was worse. He got beat last year, but he made it even insufferable by blaming everyone around him. So at least Simmons hopefully has accountability, but it's still not good from, from what he wants contractually from Denver. Extremely generous super chat from Larry. Long time, long time member of this community. Thank you, Larry. Show. Yes. We keep in touch on Twitter, back and forth, and just Broncos fan number 24 is what he goes by on YouTube. But thank you so much, my friend. It means a lot to us. I hope you know that. He says, take my damn money, guys. Go Broncos. Low-key Zach is excited because Flacco lost. Oh, <laughs> love it. I, I can't believe the Broncos faced Joe Flacco. I can't believe it happened. Not only did Mike White have to be released for Flacco to be the number two, Darnold got hurt. Flacco came in the game. I still wanted a Broncos sack on Flacco, but to beat him one-on-one, Chad, it gave me a little extra pleasure tonight, for sure. You take – what's tender mercies that the football gods can give you and you just cherish them. And it almost made up for last year watching. <laughs> <laughs> That's almost, almost. Um, Neil jumping in on super chat. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Neil. Another name that I'm not familiar with on super chat. So welcome. And thank you. He says, love your show. Thank you. Patrick and Judy big nights has either emerged as a wide receiver one in place of Sutton this year. I think either could be. And Zach, here's what I'll say. I'm going to give you some credit here. To me, Patrick has been just this side of a Jag, not quite a Jag, but a little bit better than a Jag. Tonight he showed the possibility that he he might not be able to make up, like if Sutton's up here and Patrick was starting here in my estimation, he made up he, he showed he could maybe make up a good portion of that ground. Yeah. It's gonna no one can replace a, right. an elite caliber receiver like Sutton, but man, Sutton really showed or uh, Patrick really showed out tonight. That was very encouraging. There's a reason why some of us call him like Cortland Sutton light. He he won't be Cortland Sutton. He doesn't have his abilities or a ceiling. But like I said, a sure-handed guy. I can't remember the last time Patrick dropped a pass. He fights for every single inch. He's a big physical possession receiver. I, I Again, I wish the Broncos had 20 more Tim Patricks. You can never have enough of those players. Glenn Hauser jumping back in. Love you, buddy. Thank you, Glenn. And uh, also congrats on your podcast, The Mile High Roundtable. He says, I thought I would need you to hold me and say everything would be okay. Thanks, 25 <laughs> and 4. Of course, speaking to Gordon and Rippin. MHH, hashtag MHH, hashtag State of Being, hashtag. Where were coaches on sideline when Rippin made mistakes? I'm not sure what he means by that last hashtag. Where were the coaches on the sideline? I think talking to him, like getting in his face, or where, right. what were they doing after the, after right. the picks? There was a picture, though, by the way. So, you know, we use uh, a few different places for our images at milehighhuddle.com. One of them is uh, USA Today Sports Images. There's a nice pic, though, of Shermer congratulating Rippin, and you'll see it on some content. In fact, I think it's on one of the thumbnails of the YouTube video. It might have been on the halftime stream. But anyway, congratulating Rippin as he comes off the field and just being happy for the guy, man. There was so much... I mean, you should have seen some of the stories we wrote earlier this week on Brett Rippon's act that did nothing in the in the short term. But as soon as he was on the national stage and the lights were on, all of a sudden, boom, they start going off on Google and social media. And it's just great to see Rippon get some some notoriety and some respect. It's a small first step. It's his first career win. But for a guy that's had to overcome the long odds of being an undrafted free agent, props to him. And living in the shadow of his uncle. I'm- Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. 
Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. I mean, that's not easy either. He, he was, you know, he thinks he was handed everything like a trust fund baby in the NFL. And Rippon has his own talent. Rippon has his own skill set that he can exploit uh, defenses with. I just, uh, what I like seeing, Chad, was the dichotomy from last year where when Flacco was hurt, he was literally turning his back to Drew Locke on the sideline. When Locke is hurt, he's rallying around Rippon. He rallied around Jeff Driscoll. He was around him tonight helping him out. I love the camaraderie of this quarterback room this season. Me too. We got Drew jumping back in. I'm going to read this off of YouTube because it cuts him off here. He says, and thank you for the generosity, Drew. He says, Rippin looked dang good considering it was his first start. Awareness and ability to move in the pocket. Tim Patrick may have finally proven to himself, proven himself to those who doubted him. And I was one of those in a small sense. I wasn't like, it's not like I hated Tim Patrick, but I had not seen a lot up to this point that I was like, you know, Patrick can, can be that guy. But tonight, he helped bring me a lot closer to that point, Zach, I got to say. I mean, Chad, can you say you like him a lot more than Deshaun Hamilton at this point? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Un- undoubtedly, no doubt about that. All right, let me grab a couple more, John, and then I think we'll get close to caught up, but we still have a lot to go. Love the fire and energy in the chat tonight. Uh, we got Zach H. jumping in. Appreciate Great, you. Man. Thank you. Wasn't perfect, but chat – celebrate just for once. Exactly, <laughs> once. Man. You got to celebrate this win. And I think almost everybody is at this stage that, and it won't be the last time guys, trust me on that. All right. We got Ren 99 also jumping in. Whoops. Let me show it to you guys real quick. We want to give our props to the superstars. Uh, Ren 99, another name I'm not too familiar with on super chat. So welcome, welcome. and thank you. How do you feel about our defense going forward, especially after that slow start they had tonight? Great question, Zach, you get started and I'll follow up. I'm encouraged in certain aspects. Uh, the Broncos got way more of a pass rush to quarterback hits and uh, sacks, and some of that can be attributed to the to the Jets' offensive line and Sam Darnold's ineptitude. But 
that's what happens when you, you blitz more and stop relying on coverage. They played more man press defense as opposed to off coverage. I'm encouraged by Bradley Chubb. I still think, you know, Malik Reed isn't the answer opposite him. I would like to see a little more from the defensive lineman. Uh, I like to see way more from the safeties. That's still discouraging for me. Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons are Pro Bowl caliber players, and they literally were Bush League tonight, Chad. It was unacceptable. So yeah. I'm encouraged in certain aspects. And if Fangio can coach, that consistently, if you can call that type of game consistently, they're going to confuse and confound a lot more quarterbacks than not. And they're, I mean, he is coaching his tail off right now with all the personnel losses on the defensive side. But I'll say that the, the first of all, I'll echo Zach, the safeties have to be better. I mean, that was just ridiculous, especially for Kareem Jackson, who was a Pro Bowl alternate last year. And then, of course, Justin Simmons, a second team All Pro. I want to see Ojemudia and Bassey continue to improve. But in the meantime, don't count on them when you have Devontae Bosby right. chilling in the wings, right. put him on the field. And then look, the defensive line severely depleted, but they all found a way, including the edge guys tonight, to get that pressure. And I think this was probably the best game as a duo we've seen from Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson. So you got to be excited about that. They're finding ways to win. It's not pretty, but right now the philosophy Vic Fangio and company are embracing defensively is bend don't break drew jumping back in love you buddy oh, Drew, appreciate the you. generosity he says judy wants to be a superstar and he's on the right track and zach i think that's true tonight you know no obvious mess ups no drops no lapses balled out he'll i'll tell you what he finished with real quick jerry judy on the night ended up with only four targets but he caught two of them for 61 yards and a touchdown I like it. And you know what? Like I mentioned, I think uh, that a lot of determination and, and focus on that touchdown reception because it was very unlike Jerry Judy. He's not known to really out-jump people or out-physical people. That's more Cortland Sutton's game. But he he wanted to show that he was a first-round pick for a reason. He was the 15th overall pick. He was uh, the highly touted guy among the big three. And he had a couple drop issues. He And we talked about this, Chad. He was ordering with the media. He was kind of uh, abrasive with the media. He didn't like how his career started. So under the bright lights tonight, prime time, he made a big play, and he's showing he's here to stay as a wide receiver one. Uh, Jacoy jumping in, another name we don't recognize. So thank you. Thank you, Jacoy. Uh, welcome. Good evening from Kentucky. Glad I finally didn't stay up late on a work night for nothing. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Love it, my friend. It's well worth it, and we're just happy to have you in the stream. Congrats on a great win for your team, and thank you for being with us. Uh, Guma El-Taib, El El thank you for joining us and being on Super Chat, my friend. What is the magic number record-wise down the stretch to maintain hope for that last wildcard spot with Locke coming back? Zach, I would say the the floor is eight and eight, but probably yeah. you know nine, nine and seven, seven, ten and six. Nine and seven is probably that sweet spot. I don't see in the AFC this year. You got the Colts playing well, the Steelers playing well. You got even the Raiders playing well. I don't think eight and eight's gonna cut it. I think nine and seven at a minimum is the seventh wild card this year, Chad. Yeah, we'll see. It's gonna be fun. Hopefully, the Broncos can continue to do some good things and be a factor when it matters most. Let's grab Ren, who's been waiting patiently. Um, Thank you, my friend. Thank oh, you. no, we did get we did get one uh, rent. Let's grab Isaiah, who's been waiting patiently. Thanks, Thank Isaiah. You. Hashtag Cali Broncos country. Uh, MVP, Bosby. Huge plays tonight. Chubb stepped up as well. Your thoughts. If I had to say an MVP of the night on defense, I would definitely say Chubb. Oh, although, yeah. Although Bosby would be the probably the runner-up to me. Eh, Alexander Johnson, I don't know, be close. But definitely offensively, 
look, Gordon's deserving of it, but you have to give it to Brett Rippon. Despite the three picks, Brett Rippon, man, he battled and showed some freaking tenacity and some intestinal fortitude, and he deserves the credit. And I, I can't wait to see the video from the locker room of him getting a, a game ball from yeah. Fangio because he's guaranteed to get one. The MVPs are, are the two guys who impacted the game most on offense and defense. And that's always the quarterback unless a running back or receiver just goes off. But it was ripping in his first start on defense. You're seeing the old Bradley Chubb. I mean, he wrecked the game. He literally changed the outcome of the game with his performance. So definitely by far, uh, Bradley Chubb, defensive MVP tonight. Great game. Allie, Dave jumping in. Dave Darlington, thank you, my friend. He says, Bosby was a game saver. Yeah, dude, especially in the clutch. I mean, he made that, that pass break up in the, in the second quarter that saved a touchdown. And then in the second half, I mean, in the clutch, showing that instinct. We, we've talked about it so many times on this show, his ability to drop back off coverage, read the quarterback, read the receiver, and just click and close. Dude, boom, drive on that ball, force the incompletion. I haven't – I'm trying to think. Did he Did he relinquish a reception tonight? I don't remember seeing him exploited in coverage. Mm. He was just a guy that – and maybe he was, but his pass breakups tonight were in key moments. Keep him on the field. And they were clean, Chad. It wasn't PI. It wasn't illegal contact. It wasn't ticky-tack at all. That was a clean pass breakup. And I think he did allow one reception, but who cares? He's by far and away the best Broncos cornerback without A.J. Boye in the picture. We got discount audio. Oh, all right, we'll, we'll grab Glenn. Okay, we'll get discount thing, Glenn. Uh, DA Dub in the house. Thank you, my friend. Thank good you. to see you. He says, Bosby looked good. The offense was predictable every time. Patrick was in – okay, the, the offense was predictable. Every time Patrick was in motion, it was a run. Can't do that versus the Pats. Feels good to win. Rippon looks good in the pocket. We have a backup by Driscoll. Yeah, I mean, at this stage, it was kind of cute that you brought in Driscoll to do a quarterback run, picked up nine yards, and a – uh, unnecessary roughness, but what do you need him for if you got – I mean, I don't know what the contract is yet on Blake Bortles, um, but you're already on the hook for that $2.5 million for Driscoll. Let's just call a loss a loss and move on. I, I think Bortles was like 710000 I think Cliss tweeted that. So he signed for next to nothing, and that's why – what does he bring to the table either? I mean, Rippon is the bridge starter now until Drew Locke gets healthy. So ostensibly the Broncos can cut Driscoll and Blake Bortles. That's, that's what I would do, Chad. Yeah, once you get Drew Locke back, that's I would I would cut one of them for sure, and I think they will. But for now, I think just in case something were to happen to Rippon, knock on wood, I don't want to have to go back to Driscoll. That's for dang sure. So once Drew comes back, I'm with you guys on that. Uh, Glenn jumping in again. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Glenn. Kareem Jackson, uh, Jackson on Sam's run made Cam Newton look like a pit bull in the Super Bowl on Vaughn's strip sack. Hashtag, Seriously. come on, 22. We are on a roll. Yes, indeed. The chat stream is fired tonight, Zach. I can't think the last time it was this just going off since maybe the first round of the draft back in April. It's amazing what a win can do. And you think back to last season, when was the last time we saw Broncos victory? That was the last game of the year. So it's what was it late December, early January. It's months and months and months ago. So no, no coincidence there. All right, we got Drew jumping in again. Thank you, wow, my friend. Drew, thank you so much. He says, as an Iowa guy, I got to highlight Josie Jewell. I believe he's just as good a run stuffer as Todd Davis was, and he played well in coverage tonight. You got to give your props to Jewell because he got burned a few times in coverage last week, just looked bad and out of position and slow. Tonight he did bounce back. Not the same tight end level threat, obviously going against the Jets that you had against the Bucks, but he was a force against the run. Wasn't a weakness in in the passing game, and he got some pressures in there. I think he got a sack, Zach. 
He did, yeah. He he was playing like a, a man on fire tonight. And I think, like I said, the, the Broncos defense, at least the linebackers, A.J. Johnson, Jewel, they all kind of rallied around Bradley Chubb's performance. And it's no surprise, all it takes is one spark to start a forest fire. And that's what Bradley Chubb did with, the, with his defensive teammates. I'm not ready to anoint Josie Jewel. I want to see him do it against better competition. But for one week, he looked like a true inside linebacker. It was a nice sight to see. It really was. Shul, you're jumping back in again. Thank you, my Thank brother. You. Also, that touchdown to Patrick was great to watch. Yeah, I mean, solid catch, but obviously ripping, the threading the needle. Yeah. Love it. It was it was a laser, and a guy, you know, he has some arm strength. He can zip it in there. Yeah, it's not. It's not. I mean, I think it's NFL level uh, average arm, but throwing those screens when he has to throw, you know, east and west, it's you just got to get him going this way because there's just not enough zip. <laughs> the guy, the defense, just has too much time to to drive on it and swarm and. Get can get scary. Glenn jumping in again. Thanks, my brother. Thank you. He says, thanks, number 17, talking about <laughs> Hamilton, for the great effort. Hashtag alligator arms. Hashtag WTH. Hashtag MHH. Yeah, I don't know, man. Just when you think that, who knows, maybe Deshaun Hamilton could make the most of this opportunity if, if Hamler's going to be out for a little bit. Just not what you want to see, man. He just can't take that next step. I never liked Deshaun Hamilton, and I was kind of killed for that because he was this fairly polished prospect at Penn State, and he was a fourth-round pick, and he did some good things last year with Locke, but I just never saw more than a jack. How you felt about Tim Patrick, I've always felt about Deshaun Hamilton, and it's coming out in the wash that he's just literally nothing more than a wide receiver five, if that, Chad. All right, we got Josh jumping back again. Thank you, my dog. He says, OJ Moody's PI call was trash. Yeah, I mean, it's it really was, and especially on that P.I. that gave him almost 50 yards of, of field position, Zach. I mean, you hate to see the officials affecting the game in such an egregious way. Chad, you and I were watching that play together. It, it wasn't pass interference, but it definitely was illegal contact or you know defensive holding. He was locking the receiver's arm down. It's going to get called every time. wasn't P.I., though. That was an egregious penalty. It really was. Uh, John, if you got one that you, we might lose in the stream, go ahead and throw it up on the screen for us here. And I'm throwing a few in from the backside. Um, Drew, we did get we did get Drew a, a Drew's last one. Miguel, love you, my friend. Thank you. He says I am pessimistic. Oh, pessimistic. Thank you, thank you, Zach. Yes, I'm pessimistic about what, my friend. I don't know. I mean, I get that there's this isn't a season saving win, but you never know what, <clears throat> when a team has got their back against the wall, you know, they, you got to see them respond and they did. And when you do see that response like that, you don't know what kind of momentum and groundswell that can create emotionally in between the ears and in the heart. So I think it's too early to say that this could be that defining win, but you can't say that it's not quite yet either. And you know what they they like you you made a great point. They put offensive points on the board. At least get some confidence. They have a young quarterback they can win with. Bradley Chubb is kind of coming back to life. There's the pieces starting to fall into place. Even if the pieces are not what the pieces were coming into the season, what the Broncos have left in their deck of cards, they can make do with. It, it might be all coming together, Chad. Let me tell you, Drew Locke went to Houston in his second start, his first career road start, put up 38. Brett Rippon in his first start also on the road, puts up 37. That's that's a good harbor. That's a positive omen. Uh, BNS, thank you, my friend. He says, we'll be sucking Java, we'll be sucking Java with my new huddle-up mug. 
Awesome, dude. Love it. Thank you for the support, BNS. And you're one of those longtime listeners in the in the community, and you know means a lot to us, my friend. Thank you. And I did see your comment about about Melvin Gordon. I am eating crow. I mean, imaginary <laughs> crow right now. He'd have a good game, so I'll give him that. Um, Andrew Marl jumping in again. Thanks, my brother. Thank you. Y'all, it's 2020. Super Bowl, Super Bowl. I'm on a bottle of wine and happy about a win. I don't care who it's against or with what third stringers. But you know what? How many Broncos are on their fourth stringers and fifth stringers at some point? Really? So, you know what, dude? You celebrate this win because, like Zach said, you don't apologize for beating the Jets in their own house on the road in a short week. I don't care if I'm beating the Jets by one or by 100, the Chiefs by one or by 100. You don't apologize for winning at this level. So enjoy that bottle of wine, Andrew. It's, it's few and far between these victories. I hope you have a, a very nice night. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, we got a few more, John, and then we should be getting caught up. Hopefully, we got AJ who says, thank you, AJ. He says, Bosby looking like Champ Bailey out there. I don't know if I'd go that far, but he was impressive. He needs to be starting opposite of Callahan. I know you don't want to take the wind out of Ojemudia's sails because he's now started three games uh, of the first four. But, man, you got AJ Bouye coming back, potentially this coming game, Zach. I like a Bouye, Callahan, and Bosby trio, man, that Boom. suddenly gives me confidence in the backfield. Boom. It shouldn't be anything other than that. Let Ojemudia and Bassey and Duke Dawson fight it out and, and Devontae Harris when he gets back for those scraps, Chad. But the top three, definitely. It's for my, In my order, it's Boye, Bosby, and Callahan in the slot. No more Callahan outside. Let Bosby handle the outside cornerback duties full-time. Corey H. jumping in. Thank you for your generosity, Thank my you, friend. Corey. He says, you take a slump buster any way you can especially on the road. Let's get some guys back. We can beat the Pats. Zach, some guys who could plausibly return in time um, for the Pats game, possibly don't count on it, Drew Locke, too early to say that, but Philip Lindsay and still possibly A.J. Bouye. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. I think that's it for now because Draymond and uh, and, uh, Demarcus Walker are going to have to go, I think, one more game each. I don't think Locke comes back for the Patriots game. I do think Lindsey comes back in some capacity. I think Boye comes back as a full-time cornerback. Listen, if they played like they did tonight, they're not going to beat the Patriots. But if they play above their heads a little more, a little smarter, less turnovers, they'll have a fighting chance against New England, for sure. All right, John, I'm looking for Justin. Hold on, bear with me. We don't want to... We don't want anybody feeling like they're out in the cold if we miss somebody because of how hot and heavy it is. Um, bear with us one sec, gang. I am not seeing that, John. So I don't know if it's a typo or what, but uh, back to it. What do you have next here after Corey, John? Because let's see, we're a minute four. Uh, we're gonna have to be on quite late. Uh, okay, I'll find it, John. But in the meantime, let me grab this next one here. Hold on, man, Zach. I've never seen. The no. superstars, this on fire, like I'm I'm almost overwhelmed. Not quite. I am your football priest. I can roll with the punches, <laughs> but it is just unbelievable to see. Um, all right, let me get Chris back in here real quick. Appreciate you, Chris. Um, oh, no, we got Anthony Edwards. Hold on. We didn't get Anthony. Thank you, my friend. He says, love Kush breaking up that interception. That was a game saver. Another game saving play on top of Bosby's and that coverage at the end of the game. Yeah. In case you missed it. I mean, it was almost a pick and, and Cushenberry's heads up play saved 
a situation there. So yeah, heads up play by Kush. Love seeing that. I know they play different positions, but it's kind of striking that Cushenberry is playing more consistently than Graham Glasgow and Dalton Reisner. Two guys that are beside him, supposed to be the boons of him, playing better than him, the senior guys next to him. He's actually performing more consistently, I would say, than his than his cohorts. All right, John, do you have – okay, good. Michael Caps, uh, opinions on the timeout at the end, the first time uh, getting to donate, but been watching you guys for a year. You guys rock. Wow. Thank Very you, Michael. cool, Michael. Thank you for uh, your support, my friend. And it really does mean a lot to us. Opinions on the timeout at the end. What do you think, Zach? Uh, it's the, the, the Gase timeouts that we're yeah, talking about? It's, talking about. Again, it's yeah. just Gase being Gase, and it's just him being just a kind of a D-bag and trying to extend the game. And like Chad mentioned, that's what coaches do. Even if they're down by 40, they call a timeout. It's like a predetermined script coaches follow. So it's it's just Gase being Gase. He knows he's going to be fired. He hates the Broncos, trying to rub it in against them. Uh, I wouldn't even sweat it. Enjoy the victory. Definitely uh, driven by spite, I would say. Yeah. And pettiness. Um, yes, absolutely. All right. There he is. I see Justin now. I just had to refresh. Let me grab him real quick. Jay Bone in the house and uh, an extremely generous super chat, my friend. Sorry to keep you waiting. You know, uh, we love you, my dog. Here he is. Justin. Oh, it didn't save. Hold on. Let me do that again. All right. It did save. Why did it do that to me? Uh, there it is. Justin. Wow. Statler, Justin. Very generous, my Thank friend. You Thank so you much. so much, dog. He says, let's go Broncos. I think Locke is going to come back having learned a few valuable lessons from Rippon. I'll take the G issues over the T issues, the guard issues, over the tackle issues. Good depth there. And then he goes on to say, I still think Chubb looks at 70% if you want. Hashtag rev up, hashtag clutch, hashtag my goat sacrifice worked, hashtag good thing. Hey, Hopefully a figurative goat. Zach, whatever you got to do to curry favor with the football gods, right? Yeah, let's just keep it, you know, Pete off our backs, Chad. Let's just enjoy the victory. All right, let me see here. I gotta. I, I'm worried. I'm we're missing some people here. So, what about uh, Smith Corona? I might have to reverse engineer Smith Corona. Stop. Give me one. Don't second. say that. Don't there say he is. Word. Thank you. Hey guys, just so happy to win. Can't wait for Locke to come back. Thought Ojemudia looked okay. I'm hoping he can continue to develop. Looking for any silver lining in a tough season. Not giving up. Guys, the Broncos telegraphed to you tonight, you shouldn't give up yet, all right? We told you going into this game, if they lost, you, this is where the, the wheels fall off the bus and you just kiss 2020 goodbye and start focusing on what 2021 might bring. They're telling – they told you tonight, don't give up on us. Give us some time. Continue to have faith in us, and you never know what can happen when you do get Drew Locke back. So – Keep that in mind. And then Mundunga's jumping in to say, thank you, my friend. He says, can you imagine what Locke can do with an O-line that actually gives him a pocket? Hashtag optimistic. Zach, that's a great point. I mean, it's you can argue if <laughs> – it's just so funny. If Dotson started from day one, Locke wouldn't be injured. So I see a question here we're going to address about Locke being injury prone. I see it in the chat stream. Just know that if the Broncos, like Mundungus is saying here, if they would have just switched the right tackle out, they would be at least – uh, three and one, two and two at worst right now. It's it's kind of it's, it's maddening. Indeed. All right, uh, John. Do you have Tom El Greco? If not, I can throw him in here. Thank you, Tim Patrick, and thank you, Tom. Tim Patrick, what a beast! Bosby, Dotson, and Chubb game balls. Yeah, I would still give one to Rippin. I know he threw yeah. three picks, but Rippin's getting a game ball for that gritty performance. Like so many quarterbacks in the clutch, like that. 
um, with the first start, overwhelming, lights on, uh, nationally televised game. They would have gone into a shell, and that would have been all she wrote. But that 31-yard dagger to Tim Patrick proved the metal, M-E-T-T-L-E, of Brett Rippon. You, you can argue that uh, Dotson and Rippon should share a game ball because if Dotson wasn't protecting him, I don't think Rippon would have had that game. So it's good that we're, we're discussing this, though. The more MVPs and more game balls, the better. Yes. Um, Christy, again, with the symbolic wow. and very generous Super Chat, thank you so thank much. You. Queen of MH showing yes. her, thank you. her uh, what is it? I guess her, her royalty. Thank <laughs> yeah. you, Christy. She says, Chubb is... Yes, Chubb is back, and it does feel that way, Zach, undoubtedly. Yeah, we're getting the 2018 Chubb, and I want to see what he ends up with. I want to see he's just getting started now going forward. Week 5 will be better. Week 6 will be better. We're going to see, I think, a double-digit sack season for sure from Chubb this year. Spartan2492 jumping in. Again, thank you, my friend. He says, positives from this game. Rippon wasn't perfect. Bosby, Fant, Chubb, Tim Patrick, Judy, and McManus. It was a good fight for a game. We have a long night, uh, a long night way to go. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't know about Fant. I mean, he, yeah, he had I mean, a few solid catches. I, he, I think he had one drop, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if I'd include Fant on the positives for tonight. And then he did, of course, leave injured. But um, everyone else he mentioned there, Zach, tip your cap to him. I tip my cap to McManus, but I don't think I would group him in there. I, the Broncos are paying him what they're paying him to make that kick. It's like paying Brett Rippon to complete a, a pass. So I know it was a big kick, but I don't think I would put McManus on that level. It's a good game, though, and I'm glad he helped the Broncos win. Uh, John, do we have Brown Mamba in the house? If not, I can grab him on the back end, throw him in. We're at an hour and 11. we got to start wrapping it up, so we'll rapid fire through these. Uh, the Brown Mamba jumping in. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. And make sure you reach out and connect with us on Twitter. Do you guys think that the Broncos should rotate Jeff Driscoll uh, in more for some of those keeps and runs? You know, it was it paid paid dividends for him tonight with not only the nine yard game but plus the fifteen yards on the penalty. I just wouldn't get too cute with it. I wouldn't, you know, if if you can throw a wrinkle in here and there to keep teams on on the hills, why not? But I just think you know, obviously, most I think most defensive coordinators see through it. To be honest with you. I mean, how well is that working for Taysom Hill this year in New Orleans? I hate the two-quarterback system. It's such a gimmicky college-type thing. Rippon comes in and leads the Broncos to a victory. Why would you kill that momentum? Why would you take him off the field? Why even run a trick play? Driscoll should be on the sideline. He he had a shot. He didn't do enough with it. Rippon is the guy. Keep Rippon on the field and Driscoll off of it. Rick James jumping in. Thank you, James. Whoever is responsible for that ending needs to be fired. You're speaking for the fact that they blew the lead. You're speaking for the timeouts. I'm not sure exactly uh, what you're talking about there. But, hey, if you are speaking to the Broncos side of the field there, at least the Broncos came back, the 31-yard strike, McManus's field goal, and then, of course, Melvin Gordon and Rippon with a huge heads-up play to just put the dagger in. Yeah, it's it's a little disconcerting that the Broncos keep you know blowing these leads or blowing the games and not just going for the, the jugular, not going for the kill shot. But, again, a win is a win is a win. It's a lot better this feeling, Chad, than the loss. We got Dennis Woods staying up late in Eastern time zone with us. Love seeing you, my friend. Thank you, Appreciate Dennis. the super chat. He says, I'm really pleased with Rippon. Three mistakes, but the rest was pretty dang good. What happened at the end with Vic telling players, go straight to the locker room? You know, I'm not sure on that. And we missed it because we were firing up for the stream. So we'll have to circle back and give you more information and insight on that perhaps after. Because we also, since we're live, we missed the, the – uh, post-game presser from Fangio. So 
we'll get back to you on that. To we'll get to the bottom of it. It could have been two things. It could have been Fangio seeing his players and uh, trying to maybe get some revenge against the Jets after the game for going after the, you know, the Broncos' knees and stuff. It, it could have been the the uh, the virus mitigation techniques of, like you said, Chad, they can't shake hands anymore. I wouldn't read too much into it. And don't focus on that aspect. Focus on the victory and the Broncos played a good enough game to get the win. John, did we get Justin Jarvis's on Deshaun? I don't think we did. I think we got him on a different one, but not this one on Deshaun. If not, I can throw it in here. And Zach, I'm looking at the amount of people that are still with us right now. We're an hour and 15 into our chat and it's freaking late. Love you guys. Love the passion. Thanks for staying up late with us. Yes. Means a lot. Spartan2492. Jumping in again. Thanks, my friend. He says, sorry, Mile High Huddle. I don't have no Twitter. I have Facebook and YouTube. That's okay. Well, if you ever do get a Twitter, make sure you reach out yeah. and follow us. For now, sounds like you're subscribed, obviously, on YouTube. Make sure you're also following on Facebook, though, my friend. And if you're on Facebook, fill out, search me out, reach out. We'll connect, be friends, follow each other. We can stay in contact there as well. Um, okay, let me grab Justin here. Let me reverse engineer him because no superstar gets left out in the cold. Justin Jarvis making another point about Deshaun. Thanks, Justin. Deshaun really disappointed me on that missed catch. That was a lack of effort, plain and simple. And, Zach, it really was. I mean, I think we've said all that there really can be said about Deshaun up to this point, but he's got to do better. I hate seeing receivers pull up short and not at least diving for the ball. Make an effort. You don't catch it, at least you made the effort. I hate seeing that from Deshaun Hamilton, but he showed what he really is, his true colors, which is a jag. Antonio Aragon jumping in. Very cool name, by the way. Thank you. Thank you, Antonio. look ready for the start. Hashtag Broncos country. Yeah, Zach, I mean, we've said it now three, four times tonight. They have to find a way to keep Bosby on the field because he's a difference maker. He is a difference maker. We've been saying it for three to four months. I mean, keep him on the field. What are the Broncos seeing in Ojemudia? It's the same thing with Wilkins. He's the, the defensive version of DeMar Dotson. Why is he on the sideline? He needs to be on the field at all times. Yep. Amen. All right, we got uh, Space Clark is all I'm going to say. <laughs> Hashtag Prezi. Good save. <laughs> I already got busted once on, on the saying the word. On, well, half the word anyway. But thanks for the super chat, my friend, yes. and uh, really appreciate it. Name, obviously, we don't recognize on super chat. So welcome. Thank you. And again, to all our newer super chats who are just jumping in for the first time tonight, reach out, connect with us on Twitter, because not only do we like to keep in touch with you, but we like to be able to tag you when we shout out the superstars on Twitter after each and every podcast. All right, Zach, I need uh, – and John, actually, I need um, – John Harris, Joseph, and uh, Glenn, again, talking all pros if you have them. John Harris, appreciate you, my friend. He says, hashtag San Diego Bronco. This is so cool, man, because Broncos country is showing out tonight and proving. I mean, we've got Europe. We've got some uh, Latin America. we got all across the United States and Canada. The Broncos country, Switzerland, indeed, not a geographic location. Broncos country is a hashtag state of being. It's wherever you are, and we're just happy that you're with us here tonight. So thank you, John. Um, Joseph jumping in. Thank you, my dog. Zero more Deshaun Hamilton's. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what I, that's what I'm saying. Maybe, I maybe at this point, Zach, you get Tyree Cleveland on the field because it just that's not good enough. Or just throw more passes to Tim Patrick and funnel more balls to Jerry Judy. You don't really need to divvy up the offense even more. He just he doesn't bring anything to the table. He's like Nick Fanette. It's just he doesn't do anything for this offense. Yes. Uh Glenn says. Again, thanks, Glenn. Beast is an all-pro tonight. He really is. John is is 
freaking fast and furious on the draw tonight. Navigating this has to be like herding cats. <laughs> that's funny. My dad, that's a phrase my dad likes to use, by the way. Uh, thank you, Glenn. John, jumping in. Thank you, my dog. And it looks like you're indoctrinating the, the children in the family into the true orange and blue faith. Good for you, my dog. Is Drew Lock soft? This is two years in a row now. That's kind no. of a downer note. I don't really want to get into that too much tonight, but yeah, no, it's a concern. It's a concern, but at this stage, let's just get him back on the field. And look, we do have Justin's super chat. There you go, my friend. Uh, you know, we appreciate you, Justin, and it's good to have you and see you in the chat. Like to call this man J Bone, and for a reason, he's he's a stud. All right, let me see, John. Do you have um, Dennis Woods' second super chat again, talking about Fangio and the locker room? If you don't, I can reverse engineer it. I'm looking at where. What do I have? I'm at Justin's second super. I'll grab Justin's second super. Appreciate you, dog. He says, well, Zach, I was thinking like Perna and wanted to sacrifice the G-O-A-T, but alas, Tampa is far away and hashtag F-Y-T-B. We all know what it means. Hashtag kidding again. Hashtag not about F-Y-T-B. <laughs> Thanks, man. Hey, what, Thank you, Justin. When we're staying up this late, we need the smiles. We need the, we yes. need the, the giggles and whatnot. All right, let me see here. Uh, John. Dennis Woods, let me just grab him because I think we might it might have jumped him on John's side. Uh, bear with us one sec, guys. We're at um, an hour 19. We're going to be going quite late tonight. It just is the way it is uh, this evening. The superstars will not be denied. Dennis Woods again. Thanks, bro, uh, Thank my you, friend. Dennis. He says, my wife just saw that Fangio rushed them to the locker room to prevent problems. There was a lot of players pissed off by the dirty yeah. plays from the That's Jets. Uh, wasn't a no handshake situation due to virus, uh, the the virus. Okay, yeah, I mean maybe maybe just trying to avoid any possible conflict and you know probably smart from Fangio. Yeah, smart. Uh, get your guys out of there. You got the win. Get out of the, you know New Jersey and go back to Denver happy. It's a good uh, coaching move by Vic Fangio. Okay, let me see here. I think do you have fly fish hunters that uh, John? Because I think that's one we're almost caught up and, and we'll get out of here for tonight. We're almost there. Not quite. Um, I'm pulling it up here. We need Fly Fish Hunter, Carlos, John, and Drew again. So let me see here. Fly Fish Hunter, thank you. Appreciate the super. Thank you. NFL should award the Broncos two victories tonight for beating the Jets with their practice squad. Mentally, the team really needed this win. Hashtag build on it. And that's the best takeaway, Zach, is you got to build on this. And it's not going to be easy because – you know, even though the the Pats aren't the same team without Brady, they're always going to be a well-coached team. And, you know, Cam's looking like the truth. They're running the ball with authority. So yeah. I, I concur with Flyfish Hunter. Find a way to build on it. Even if it's not a win in week five, use this momentum. And, by the way, Carlos, again, jumping in. Carnales, y'all do uh, y'all a great job. Bowles balled out, to be honest. Yeah, dude, Bowles is continuing to knock it out of the park. Tip your cap to him. He, he balled out and got bailed out. I think he had a holding penalty or he gave up a sack uh, and it was it was negated by a flag. But again, it was another solid game by Garrett Bowles. And it's still crazy to say through four weeks that Garrett Bowles is the best Broncos offensive lineman. It's wild. Do you have uh, – yeah, we, we did get John's. Do you have um, Drew's about Chubb? Drew's on the Chubb one. If not, I can throw it in here real quick. Uh, bear with us. One second, gang. There he is. He says, easy on Chubb. A blind toddler could have got through that line, but he is close, he's saying. I don't know. I think he deserves credit, man, because he does. he's been an almost guy for three weeks now. And, you know, I took some heat in week one saying he deserved, He was one of the winners of the game because, you know, he 
played through it, no setbacks, didn't get any sacks, but it was a step in the right direction and it would end up paying dividends in the future. And you saw that come out tonight in the wash. Yeah, I, I would say this kind of discredits Chubb because the Jets' offensive line, say what you want about them, they spent a ton of money this offseason and resources building that offensive line. I know Mecky Becton didn't play, but they have Connor McGovern, former Bronco. They signed some other tackles. They signed some other guards. It, it, it wasn't the worst collection of offensive line talent. So I give the credit to Chubb. They weren't covered sacks. They didn't back into him or luck into him. He beat his man, and he had the tenacity and, and the want to to get the sack, and that's what I'd like to see. Indeed. The Wizard jumping in again. Thanks, Mundungus. Anyone else have absolutely no confidence in Fangio's talent evaluations? Bosby, Dotson, A.J. Johnson, Purcell. Come on, man. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also, though, you can't completely blame it on Fangio. I think some of it does come from pressure on top, up the food chain. And, you know, Fangio's still relatively young in his head coaching, you know, career. And I think some of that stuff especially with Wilkinson, I think is it was Elway driven with money and the 3.2 million guaranteed on the RFA. But I could be wrong on that. It's just my, my take. Yeah, I mean, he's the head coach of the team. And unless Elway and only Elway is pressuring him, he's responsible for these personnel decisions. And waiting this long to take Wilkinson out of the game and put Dotson in there, again, it's the same thing as last year with Purcell and Johnson. He's a great defensive mind. But you wonder sometimes about how stubborn he is, and he lets his pride get in the way of putting the best product on the field. Sounds a lot like his boss. Mm-hmm. All right, um, let me grab this one from Gio. It's always good to see George, another East Coaster, staying up late to be with us. Where'd he go? I'm going to find him. Hold on. And by the way, I feel sorry somewhat for our Facebook audience. We're not able to get to as many of your questions and comments tonight because the, the superstars have just been on fire. we got to get to them. So we'll circle back. You know, Sunday when we come back, because this is Zach and I's last podcast of the week, when we come back Sunday, we'll uh, give Facebook a little extra TLC. Uh, but, George, good to see you, my brother. Thank Talk you, about George. an MHH Mount Rushmore guy. This is one of them. He says, Bowles is on his way to getting paid. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Yeah, he's got he's just got to sustain it another 12 games. Yeah. Maybe less. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll pay him a little early. I don't know what the rules are on that, though, now that I say that. But, nevertheless, I still think I didn't. Maybe I missed it, Zach, but I don't recall that play you mentioned about him getting bailed out by a penalty or a sack. But I, you know, just my first viewing, and I'm juggling the live blog, and I'm, we're talking, we're doing our thing. I might have missed it. I, it could have been Riser, but I remember distinctly. I, I think it was a sack, and it got negated by a penalty. It might not have been Bowles, but uh, regardless, if he, like you mentioned, just stays consistent and stays healthy, be it from the Broncos or another team, he's a starting left tackle. He is going to get a handsome contract. All right, guys, <clears throat> I think we're caught up and we're at an hour and 25 minutes. So let me just double check. Yes, we are. So, Zach, final takeaway of this game. Again, I, I just want to say that I, I think and now I can't remember who said it, but this is something the team needs to build on. Hopefully it gives them a little momentum. It's a it's a mini bye week, so they can really lick some wounds and get a little bit closer to health. If you can get Philip Lindsay back, get Fant back in the saddle, maybe A.J. Bouye, probably not locked for week five, but – those three guys, man, being there for the team in week five on the road at Foxborough, you got suddenly your prospects of perhaps upsetting a team like the Patriots a little bit better. I still wouldn't probably pick the Broncos to win that game, but if they can build on it, and you never know when a win like this on the road, I mean, the betters going against them, the odds makers, sportsbetting.com started at minus two, uh, favoring the Broncos, and then all the way to minus one favoring the Jets, or, or plus one favoring the Jets for the Broncos. I mean, you got to build on this. 
I don't want to act like the Broncos just shut out Kansas City, you know, 37 nothing. but it was a victory, and if the Broncos have any playoff aspirations left, they had to win this game. To save their season, they had to win this game, and now they have some time to heal up. They're getting their players back slowly but surely. Some guys aren't coming back, but their quarterback is coming back this year. Their running back's coming back. Their cornerback's coming back. You're going to see the Broncos incrementally now get better, and it can be a launching pad. You never know. If they beat the Patriots, I, I, I'm with you. I think it's unlikely. But you upset New England, this is a whole new season. The team will be riding so high off their confidence, so high on their momentum, they will feel like no one can beat them. And they still have some easy games. I would say easy games left on the docket. You never know. Nine and seven, they can build off this, capitalize, play a little better in certain areas, keep up the the uh, the pressure on defense. They can make some noises here still. Don't give up hope. I think I now Glenn's saying that we missed the chat. He's in one of his chats, his SGs, teasing John a little. By the way, Quincy, shout out to you, Doc. And if it was the one about herding cats, Glenn, is this the one? I think we did get it because I remember mentioning that something my it's it has been a blur tonight. So much activity. I think this is the one, right, Glenn? If I'm wrong, I'll make it up to you. I promise. Uh, but we do got to get out of here for tonight. Um, thanks for joining us, guys, yeah. especially staying up late. Those of you on the East Coast and in different parts of the world. Thanks for staying up late with us. It means the world to us. And uh, also, guys, make sure you are following the podcast on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, also at Mile High Huddle. My partner, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL. Myself, at Chad N. Jensen. And then the producer, John K., at John K. MHH. Again, Zach and I are off tomorrow, but you do get a fresh episode of Dove Valley Deep Divers, and they're going to be riding the the uh, wave as well and breaking down the aftermath of Denver's first win. So don't miss that episode. Mile High Insider Saturday, and then Zach and I back in the saddle on Sunday. So, Zach, have a great weekend, my brother, and I'll look forward to reading your good, bad, and ugly from tonight. I'm stoked. Yeah, you as well, and uh, Broncos country, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy Friday. Enjoy Saturday. Enjoy Sunday. Enjoy the victory. The Broncos season's not over. They have a lot of young pieces, a lot of excitement, a lot of reason for hope. Revel in this. You guys have waited for four weeks now. You guys have waited since January for a victory. Revel in this. Enjoy it, and have a nice weekend, everyone out there. We'll see you Sunday. Amen. For Zach Kelberman, for John, I'm Chad Jensen. We will see you then. Mile high salute to the superstars and Facebook supporters. Love you guys. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this... But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. 
Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet.